Welcome to Two Sharp Chefs in a Microphone. I'm Lorraine Moss. And this is Louis Victor. And today we're talking about No Butcher. It is a vegan deli butchery that's coming to Las Vegas very, very soon in the coming months. So exciting. It is exciting. Yeah. Um, I'd love to figure out and, and know what a vegan butcher is, because to me those two words are yeah, the opposite. Right? <laughs> So I'm going to talk a little bit about, uh, give you some statistics on veganism, um, recent ones. So according to economists, 25% of Americans, 25 to 34, say they are vegans or vegetarians today, which is pretty high. Yeah. Um, The sales of vegan foods in 2018 rose 10 times faster than food sales as a whole. And just so that you know, 56 billion farmed animals are killed every year for our food. I thought that number was actually quite high. Yeah, that's um, a lot. And we deal in meat all the time. But you know but what? I mean, if you think about chickens, probably. Yeah. Cows yeah. in America. Yeah. So we're not experts, honestly, in veganism. No, uh, not at all. We are chefs that cook and eat meat. Yeah. Omnivores. Deluxe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I try to eat more vegetables. I know that they're healthy for me. I also know that it's better for the environment. Right. Um, but I'm by no means a vegan. How about you, It's Lou? It's hard. I mean, I go through little phases. I eat mostly vegetables. I kind of keep it within the 75-25. Which makes you different than most Americans. Yeah. So, uh, so we, since we're not experts in this, we've brought some experts in who are opening this snow butcher shop in Las Vegas. We have Sebastian Mueller and Alicia Gillarducci. Did That's I get correct. that right? Yep. <laughs> uh, to talk about veganism, but also to talk about their new shop. So first, just talk to us a little bit about this No Butcher Deli and and what it is to you guys. Well, you mentioned butcher, and uh, the important word for us is the no in front of the butcher. Okay. Um, We don't believe that killing animals for our culinary pleasure is um, the right thing to do, the best thing to do for our bodies, for the earth. So um, we murder plants, you know. <laughs> we'll murder something else instead. We're actually very cruel. Uh, can get pretty bloody in the kitchen. It, it with can. Some red beets. beets. Yeah. Yeah. Red beets are pretty bloody. I got to say. <laughs> they're bloodier than yeah, me. Yeah, they're bloodier than me. Yeah, <laughs> they stain everything. So, so we take um, plant-based ingredients and turn it into something that people are familiar with and that they like. Um, meat-based products, cheese-based products and make it delicious to show people that you can have the same things that you like and that you enjoy to eat without having to kill animals. And that's basically it in a nutshell. So Sebastian, this is different too in that it's a bunch of different things. So it's a deli. You can drive Mm -hmm. up, I saw the area. This is gonna Mm -hmm. be sort of also to go, Mm -hmm. um, a drive-through. And then I'd also read that you're gonna also be providing for restaurants if they if they need vegan Actually, meat in quotes. Actually, that's what we're already doing. That's okay. how we started. So uh, maybe we start a little bit from, from the beginnings. Alicia and I, we met uh, like two years ago in the vegan community online, and we were both looking into <laughs> uh, vegan meat and cheese production. And at this point, Alicia was still living in uh, California. Mm-hmm. And we said, okay, since you're planning to move to Vegas, let's meet and let's see if we can 
put this together and maybe even turn it into a business. And because I was experimenting with uh, vegan meat at this point, and Alicia was experimenting with vegan cheese. Okay. And that seemed like what a, a combination. Fit. Yes. <laughs> so vegan we charcuterie. met basically more or less a, a day after you moved to Las Vegas, yep. and uh, we kind of clicked also on a personal level. They're very much. Uh, alike in some things and we complement each other in other things and so that's probably a good thing if you're starting a business together and uh, we said like let's do let's get into this slowly and see um, just check some boxes first let's see if we can work together if we can produce uh, vegan products that uh, people like and also on a scale that's a little bigger than just in your home kitchen and then let's try to sell it to consumers and to restaurants and see what the feedback is. Uh, and yeah, that's what we did last year. We've been to uh, several festivals and we had uh, pop-up events uh, to sell our products to consumers and we offered it to restaurants, vegan friendly and vegan, fully vegan restaurants. And it seems we were pretty successful. People like our products. They are willing to actually pay money for it. That's a good thing as well. <laughs> right. And for business. We, Alicia and I, we, like each, we still like each other. And uh, that's crucial. Uh, we even tried some online business uh, since our products need to be cool all the time. It's difficult to ship. So we didn't make it too easy for consumers. They had to uh, order online, pay online, and then pick a pickup location. We partnered okay, with three pe- restaurants where they keep our products cold and then they can pick it up from there. Um, surprisingly, they actually did that. And that also showed to us that you know, there's they're, a market they're willing, there's a, there is a market that do like our products. And it's a big decision to then, you know, open a brick and mortar. And so we, we took some time, did all our tests and uh, yeah, now we're ready. And um, uh, yeah, I guess in, in a few weeks, I don't really want to say hopefully, specific <laughs> time. <it's> <laughs> um, we're going to open here on uh, uh, Rainbow and Spring Mountain and it's really a neat uh, building. It looks a little bit like an old-fashioned butcher shop. I see. Uh, yeah, it's the, cool. The what's a little bit the more modern component to it is that it will also have a drive-thru. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's kind of like an odd concept to the extent that we're not just a butcher shop where you can obviously buy the meat and cheese, but we also we're we're going to prepare sandwiches. You come he- can come here to eat, you know, for lunch, and uh, so that's why we call it deli and eatery. Uh, obviously, you can get it delivered and you can do the drive through. And so it'll be a small place, but for us, a pretty big operation, considering that we're still doing the wholesale business as yeah. well. Right. So for all intents and purposes, as mm-hmm. we move forward in this conversation, you know, it's, it's always interesting on the menu when like there's a restaurant that has meat and not meat. Right. So when we say meat in this podcast, we're going to be having like air quotes. So just exactly. think of air quotes in your head <laughs> right. that when we say meat and we say butcher and all that, they're in air quotes because right. it's not actually meat. There are no animals used in any of these products that we're talking about today. Um, but it's, you know, it's ha- meat. meat. If you could see there. me, I have yep. air quotes in the we're, air. We're just like, you know, right Austin Powers, <laughs> you know, like meat <laughs> production. <laughs> um, so what is a vegan butcher? Like, wh- how, does, how, are, how are vegetables butchered, I guess? The plant protein comes from different sources. Okay. You know, we're so some examples of sources? Sources like, could be wheat, could okay. be soy, could be... Pea uh, protein. Pea, okay. yeah. oats, that there's oat meat mm-hmm. and soy meat and wheat meat and uh, 
we're experimenting with a couple of them. We're mostly doing wheat meat. Uh, okay. That just, in our experience, just gets the closest to the real thing, and it's very versatile. You can create softer meats that are more like chicken or even fish-like, or like firmer meats that are more like beef, or even like pepperoni or salami. And so that's why this is our main focus right now, but we venture out in different other areas, like gluten-free options as well. Okay. And then, of course, there's the whole cheese cheese component. Mm-hmm. Maybe Alicia wants to tell you a little bit. I would love to cheese. hear about the cheese mm-hmm. because my main mm-hmm. problem, and just to be completely honest with you, like why I have a hard time going completely vegan as much as I would like to um, for the environment, for my body, for a million reasons. It's the dairy. It's aspect. the dairy yeah, <laughs> because, I mean, I'm like Portuguese, Filipino, Spanish, Italian. Yep. So we eat a lot of cheese. Well, I love cheese. I grew up with cheese. So the experiences that I've had with vegan cheese, I've and nothing to knock because these companies are trying, like mm-hmm. Daya and, mm-hmm. and the ones that I've tried, they tend to be chalky and they're mm-hmm. and as a chef, they're hard to melt a lot of the time. Yep. So how do you do it uh, and make it palatable to a person that would be used to cheese? Yeah, again, there are several techniques. Um, most of the cheeses that are out um, commercially are either nut-based. Cashews um, are great because they're right. creamy. When you when you blend them, they, you can get them really creamy. Um, also almonds. Um, but some of the other products use um, potato starch or tapioca starch to give it more kind of an elasticity, you know, give it that melting quality. So right. it's really playing with the recipes to get it firm enough so that you can slice it, but also meltable. Right. And it's kind of that unicorn right now, getting it exactly right. So uh, I love unicorns. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and if you can't put it in one product, sometimes we've got to be a little more flexible. Like with our mozzarella, we have one mozzarella that's great slicing for slicing and Mm -hmm. to enjoy cold. And then we have what we call a gooey mozzarella that melts beautifully. If you want to do like a vegetarian lasagna or something. Exactly. So. for the restaurant we work with, we ask them, you know, what do you use it for? Do you right. want to slice it? Do you want a caprese salad? Or do you rather want to put it on a pizza? Then you would go with a gooey version of a mm-hmm. mozzarella. So. And a lot of times it does melt, maybe not in the way that you're used to. with. Um, in the way a, that it looks, right? Cheese. Yeah, it'll soften kind of more like a cream cheese um, consistency. and um, it, But it also burns pretty pretty easily. So there's that sweet spot, that fine line when you're right. when you're cooking it to get it to melt without burning. So just randomly, because people are going to be able to come in and, and buy these cheeses and uh-huh. air quotes and meats uh-huh. and air quotes, is, I mean, are you guys going to be able to just kind of explain to the consumer? Because, you know, a lot of us aren't used to using products like this. Like, there are certain ways, obviously, to cook it, mm-hmm. to prepare it. Mm-hmm. So is there going to be like, you know, I don't know, like, reading materials or, or right. things, you know, education. like, honestly, yes. education. It's a great, it's a great yeah. point. I mean, we're definitely planning to do this. And sometimes we find ourselves forgetting that, you know, others are not quite as no. used to these products as we are. And then we get emails, they buy something like, oh, now I bought it and it looks great, smells great, but I don't know how to. What the hell do I do with that? <laughs> and every time we say, like, we need some proper instructions. Yeah. And, right. Uh, yes, for the store, that's certainly something we want to. Yeah, there will be a lot of one-on-one interaction between Sebastian and I and our customers. And that was really the number one reason that drove us to open uh, the store, is that we love being in the kitchen. We like the um, commercial end of it, the wholesale business. But 
the festivals where we were face to face with people and they're moaning over our food, you know, after right. tasting it. And having that, that personal one-on-one -on -one connection is really important to us. It's rewarding and it more makes us different. Mm -hmm. I think people also like the interaction with us and that's why they want to come to a small butcher store instead of going I love to, that. Because yeah. the bigger supermarkets, they all have, or in, in the future even more, will have a plant, plant uh, protein. Which have become... Uh, mm -hmm. A lot better. Mm -hmm. We yeah. talked a little mm -hmm. bit about that right before we came on. Um, you know, over the years, like, uh, so I spent 10 years, I don't know if you know this, as a vegetarian. Whoa. Not a vegan, but a vegetarian. Whoa. So um, I ate only vegetables uh, from like 18, you know, to like my mid 20s. Okay. Um, and <laughs> there's actually a funny story behind that. Um, so I thought that I was a vegetarian for like a decade. And my mom was actually sneaking meat into my meat alternative program, which I like found out only a couple of oh years ago from other people who knew. She betrayed you. She meat betrayed me. Sometimes the so opposite of good is good intentions, yeah, right? Like, what? Oh, sure I like that. that. I I'm, I'm sure that was good intentions. I didn't think that you were getting enough protein, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But like, I didn't think that you know, she's Portuguese. Like, it's just an. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to a Brazilian restaurant. It's like meat, 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 meat. So for her, it's like, you know, it's like the joke in uh, my big fat Greek wedding where it's yeah. like, oh, I don't eat meat, you know, like the main <laughs> male character. Yeah. And then she comes back with, well, how about lamb? You know, it's like, that's my mom. <laughs> um, so I wasn't truly a vegetarian, but I was trying to be a vegetarian for a decade. You're a tri <laughs> I was a triatarian, <laughs> which, which brings up an interesting point is I think that there are a lot of triatarians. I love that. You, you should coin that registered right? trademark it. Um, there's a lot of triatarians out there. And especially as we talked about in the beginning, the younger people are more willing, I think, like the generation right before us, Louis's generation. Yeah. Uh, that was millennials. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, she's barely, she's on the cusp of millennials. Let's to actually throw in some numbers uh, about the target group. Please, uh, yeah. Yeah, go uh, ahead. We can only look at, you know, the numbers we get from Facebook and Instagram, our followers. They're primarily young and female. Okay, uh, interesting. I think the vegan movement is driven by younger mm -hmm. female consumers. Yep. So, uh, now, now Louie has air quotes around her head. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, no. But there are a lot of people that just want to try it and they're just curious. I'm just looking at my family, most of That's them That's what are I'm interested in. And they love the products and if they have a choice, uh, um, they very often choose our products over meat. And uh, we really mm. like that and like to see that it's kind of... A, it's a little success, but yeah. we also expect for the store that we probably will have 50% of our customers are non-vegans. Um, oh, interesting. It's people that and either come Trietarians. with vegans. <laughs> yes, exactly. You may use so, it if you let's like. Let's say you go for lunch <laughs> and you're the, the only one uh, who is vegan at the office. Most likely you're going to have one or two other colleagues that are vegetarians. Right. And so you're already three people that are not really pushing for the meat. And then you have the... Flexitarians, or you say try <laughs> Flexitarians. Sounds more professional, but I like Trietarians. So the whole group, that's what I experienced in in my past professional life, that you know, when we go out for lunch, they very often ask, does that work for you? And then I try to be a little flexible and you know, eat salad in a non-vegan restaurant. And then at the same time, they're flexible as well, and they're trying uh, vegan or vegan-friendly places. And that's what we expect, especially if, for the lunch crowd, we'll probably have a very mixed crowd here. Mm -hmm. And that's our opportunity to do something for the vegan movement, for the vegan community, to introduce these people to, to these alternatives that are not just good for the animals, but also for their health. Uh, and that uh, we, we didn't touch that topic or these topics yet, but for a lot of people that 
is very relevant. That let's know, go ahead and talk no, about it yeah, now. Yeah, sure, sure, there's sure. No you cholesterol know. in there. Well, I, I I can talk a lot about the health background for the simple reason that this is why I originally started becoming a vegan. I I always had very very high liver numbers. Uh, it started like 15 years ago, and all the doctors I saw, they were all convinced that I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Whoa. I, I, I wasn't. Uh, maybe now I am. No. Uh, and, and the no numbers went up and up and up and up. They started talking about a liver transplant at some point. Oh, my. Uh, oh no. Uh, so I was worried, and I tried a lot of things. And uh, one night I watched uh, Forks Over Knives uh, on yeah. Netflix. I own a great documentary. Yeah. I could say more or less mm -hmm. that was the last time I ate meat. I mean, that was eye-opening. It's a great documentary. It's two doctors. One of them is actually a heart surgeon, and they have a How old background. were you? Just so that's, if that's like four and a half years ago. Okay. So does that, does that answer <laughs> your question? <laughs> I was He's pretty 40. young. I was okay, 40. Okay, okay, let's be no, honest. No, just I, I uh, like that uh, because it shows that people can change. Exactly. Right. You know? I was an absolute meat eater. I mean, I'm a little worried to say that, but I guess I ate more than most people. I was on a, a um, low-carb diet for many years, and I ate mostly eggs and meat, and my cholesterol right. was through the roof. But also my other liver numbers that I also always had problems for 15 years. And I, ch I changed my diet to a whole food plant-based diet. So that's let's say that's the healthy version of the vegan diet right uh, so without the sugar and without uh, the you know all the uh, processed the processed right. food and so on which and is within, a whole nother step within three weeks my liver number dropped to normal and the wow. doctors would not believe that i actually have pretty geeky. I have an Excel sheet with a graphic and it shows over 15 <laughs> years that. my you blood work. I, I would love to see that. <laughs> and, and it dropped the moment I became a vegan. And all my problems I had, like joint pain and uh, headaches and foggy brain, problems concentrating, all of this vanished more or less overnight. I felt more energy. I started running. I ran my first half marathon. It really changed my life. I mean, it sounds like, you know, a lot of people say it changed my life, but it really did. Um, and so this is so I my path comes from the health side and okay. then after a while you start realizing it's actually there's another component right. for me that's the whole animal rights part you know I'm an absolute animal lover I love my dog and and then you start realizing how can you love the one animal and then eat the other one and you start thinking about this this other topic right. and um, so the vegan community I would say it's probably split 50% split go vegan primarily for the health reason and 50% for animals, uh, animal rights and for the environment as well. And um, at some point, you're just both, you know. You, I mean, you can't mm -hmm. go back for health and for animal reasons. Mm -hmm. It goes back to just the simple thing that our mothers told us when we were, we were little, that you are what you eat. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's not only something that you enjoy to do, it's more for sustenance than anything else. Yep. And mm -hmm. you get a lot of your vitamins and your minerals from vegetables. Correct. And, um, so, I mean, I just know for me personally, yeah. you know, as, as somebody who has not given up meat completely and who's not a vegan, I feel lighter, like you were saying. I feel like I have less headaches, like my stomach doesn't feel that feeling that I get from eating especially red meat. Yep. Um, so for health reasons, that's definitely like one of the main reasons that I try to do, you know, vegetarian or vegan at least a couple times a week. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, at least two or three times a day even. Right. So, um, and 
I like this idea of like the flexitarian or the trietarian, as Louis, yeah. Louis coined today, oh um, because uh, I just I would like to bring up this topic a little bit about the politics involved with this, because this can be a um, sometimes like an issue that separates us, which it shouldn't, you know, just know. just like everything in politics, really, especially nowadays. But um, I kind of I feel like it's hard with anything to get anybody on your side or to at least see your point of view when you're at this very far end. Mm -hmm. So whether that's, you know, in politics where people are far right or far left, mm -hmm. you know, and there's gotta be people there. Because uh, there's gotta be some people that are like extreme and, 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 and angry sometimes because sometimes there are things that you need to be angry about. But in order to have any kind of compromise, whether it's in a business or in politics, like I feel like you've got to be sometimes a little bit quieter and, and listen more than mm -hmm. you talk. And so um, I want to talk about this idea a little bit about uh, trying to get to people to be more vegan or vegan or vegetarian, um, but like accepting people and not screaming at them and not throwing blood at them and not, you know what I mean? Like, right. and like I said, I feel like there are people that need to be like that in any movement because you, you need people to be angry in order to change things right. a lot of the time, especially when things are wrong you know, morally wrong. But I mean, at the same time, like, how do we how do we bring people over to a more vegan lifestyle or a more vegetable lifestyle, let's say even, um, by just, you know, talking to people and, and saying like, you know, if you gave up meat once a week, how would that affect the environment? You know, mm -hmm. uh, emissions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if there's like- The a ozone layer. <laughs> Right. I mean, there there are a ton of studies out there sure. that, that prove that it would change. You know, I mean, we're talking, exactly. we give that number of 56 billion animals. Right. I mean, is it really necessary to kill that many other living things? It, it probably isn't. Um, but I mean, how do you kind of deal with that as somebody not only like who's vegan, but also who's, you know, wanting to have a successful business? How do you kind of bring those people over to that flexitarian that you might not get them all the way, mm -hmm. but you get them like to help your business, but also to promote the lifestyle them. and educate yeah. them? Right. I consider myself to be more of a moderate personality. I'm not, okay. I'm not an extremist in, in most things, um, but I think it's already happening. You know, back, uh, what, 20 years ago or so with the Meatless Monday movement, um, that, that was laying the groundwork groundwork and especially in the last couple of years with some of the big companies um, beyond meat and impossible burgers mm -hmm. um, they're throwing so much money into marketing it's becoming more mainstream mm -hmm. so I think for familiarity, sure I agree you know the more the more accessible it is and the more um, visual visually in at grocery stores you know mixing it in with the meat and in, in the meat department instead of having the little you know vegetarian section mm -hmm. um, definitely makes people look at it and say, oh, maybe I want to try this. You know, it, it used to be vegan ew. Now it's vegan. Oh, you know, that looks interesting. What do you have? A lot of times when I was working and I would bring my vegan lunch to work, all the meat eaters around me would say that my food looks better than theirs. You know, right. it's um, making it look good and taste good. That's 100% key. Yeah. Because a lot of us have the philosophy and if we're thinkers at all, we're gonna think, okay, we do have these statistics. We we do know that it's gonna be healthier just from the feeling, just from our personal feelings, you know, mm -hmm. but also from science right. that it's healthier for the environment or healthier for our bodies yep. and 
and or. Uh, so I think that's definitely key because when I was looking at your website, I was like, can I eat this stuff? Honestly, like that's, you know, I'm like, can I eat this stuff? No, but you're, um, dot com, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I looked and, and I saw pictures and visuals, very visual generation. <laughs> Instagrammable. Pictures of, in air quotes, meat sandwiches yep. and pulled pork and chicken, yep. in quotes. Mm -hmm. Uh, how much has that been, you know, like, I guess a hallmark of how this business is going to work for you? Well, one of the reasons I think we started experimenting together um, is that we really weren't happy with what was already on the market. You know, it was okay. It wasn't exciting to me as a vegetarian at that point. Um, I've only yeah. been vegan for about two and a half years. Um, but Sebastian and I are also really picky. We we have set the bar high, and if we're not happy with the way something tastes, we're not going to sell it. So um, I think we both have kind of pretty good palates, and we don't need to, to taste meat to compare what we do to meat. You know, if it tastes good and... Good is good. <laughs> good is good. And the spices and the flavor that, that you put in a meal with meat in it are the same as you put in a meal without meat. Mm -hmm. um, so that the flavor is there. All, all you're taking out is the, the animal. Right, right, right. So, Sebastian, you're from Germany, and Alicia, you're from California. Uh, California. So Most recently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why why Las Vegas? Why? Oh, long yeah. story for both of us. For both <laughs> Give of us, us, like, the condensed, yeah, that's a whole like, that's a whole why, different why, podcast. Not necessarily, uh, like, why you're here, but mm. why, why, why the business why, here, yeah. you know? Why did you because choose Because you could Las be in Vegas. California. You could be wherever else like, in America. Yeah, if you were in California, you would be, like, swamped. Right. Like, it's a little It's a little bit of, you have, we have to be honest, a little bit of harder sell yeah. in Vegas. But there are so many Californians coming here also. Exactly. So I don't know if that's part of your, your thought, but that's I mean, what, but I why see advantages. Vegas? I see advantages. To oh yeah, because you're here. the only one. Yeah. yeah. But Well, yes, first of all, of course, we're the first one here. Uh, hopefully that'll stay that way for a while. <laughs> we like competition, but obviously we enjoy like being the first year in Las Cornering Vegas. But, the market. Uh, actually, if you compare Vegas and California, we're not so far behind. Uh, Las Vegas is actually on the top list of, I think, the top 10 cities uh, um, regarding vegan friendliness. And in the we, last, like, three especially, years. Especially, yes, the last two years. We, I think we started, like, with maybe four or five vegan places, and now we have more than 20. And um, most of them, I I really feel like it's in the last couple of years. Because mm -hmm. I've just seen it. You yeah, know. and it's the kind of food that changed, too. I mean, it, we're not, it's not like the... You know, rabbit food or the bird bird food yep, that right, the yep. vegans eat anymore. We don't just eat grass. Um, right? <laughs> it's it's very mainstream at this point. What we're experiencing right now is a lot of restaurants are trying to get into the comfort vegan comfort food area, especially yeah. with all the vegan burgers that come out now. That's also the easiest for the vegan friendly places. Right. Just instead of having, you know, a beef patty, now having a, a plant based patty and just swap in. We see a lot in, in this part. So it's not just salad and healthy food. It's also like the comfort food and the satisfying meaty experience, what people ex uh, remember from their past. So it's yeah, we're not we're not the the granola vegans anymore. <laughs> I have right. a lot of respect of vegans. Uh, we know s some some people that started like in the seventies or eighties. I mean, right. what were the options back then? I mean, back then there weren't you know, a lot. It was either a strong motivation for the for animal rights or uh, from the health side. But I guess then 
maybe most of the food was a little more like medicine. Right now, yeah. it's on the same level uh, of experience, like non-vegan food, let's right. put it this way. And it's so much easier. I mean, they, the people in the 70s and 80s, they, they did the work. And now it's actually easy, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to have the same enjoyment with mm-hmm. food as a vegan. And honestly, when I heard about this idea from a mutual friend of ours of a vegan butcher in a deli, I just love the access fact to it. It, That's Mm -hmm. what you were just talking about, which is, you know, trying to have that time period of my life where I was vegetarian. Mm -hmm. It was like a salad lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it just was. Yeah. And, and and we talked a little bit about how, you know, the old vegan burgers were, were very grainy. The mm-hmm. texture was mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, it made me, quote, miss meat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it looked like meat that a horse would eat, basically. Yeah. It yeah, was pretty it was just, sad. Yeah, and it's not like that anymore. Yeah. It's juicy. Like, the color, like, is interesting. And yeah. um, I, I guess, like, <laughs> this, is, this is a question that I always like to ask vegans. How do you feel about the question where do I get my protein? <laughs> because I, I feel like that's like kind of an automatic question for especially Americans, you know? Yeah, I can speak. Uh, we don't need as much protein as we think we do, been, right? We've been led to believe, you know, that's been kind of um, a, a myth. We really only need 13 to 15% of our total calories to come from protein. And that doesn't have to be animal protein. Right. We get our protein the same place the animals get their protein from, and that's from vegetables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Most vegetables have, you know, a little bit of protein. Uh, the seitan that we use for the meat is actually wheat flour, but the carbs have been washed away. I mean, it's more technical than that, but basically. And what you're left with is a high-protein product. And because it's protein, protein is protein. So when you make it look and taste like meat, it's feeding your body the same way and it's actually a little bit easier for our bodies to digest you mentioned you know that heaviness in your stomach yeah it's really difficult for our bodies to to um digest and and digest animal animal proteins the the vegetable proteins are a little bit easier on the digestive system i believe that because i mean doesn't like an anaconda when it eats like a whole cow doesn't it like hide for a month like that exactly you know it's the same (laughs) principle (laughs) That's like me after having a huge lunch. Yes, right? I It's the itis, man. Yeah. Is there such a thing as vegan-itis? <laughs> what do you, know? you mean? I mean, like, just like, you know, you get You're creating all these after, words like, that I like. I know, right? <laughs> after, after eating a, a largely vegan meal, do you get the itis? Do you, do you get weighed down? I mean, personally, personally, I never feel like that. Right. I, I, as uh, I had said, I feel like the opposite. Again, I feel ve- like vegan is not like vegan. There's the healthy vegan, and yeah. then there's a donut and sugar and fat. And, uh, you can totally yeah. be yeah. a junk food all vegan. vegan. Yeah, I mean, just like gluten free too. You can just be like bacon and freaking cheese every day. Yes, right. yes, yes. You still have to see that you eat healthy, and yeah, even the vegan food sometimes can can be a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Coming back to your question about the protein, I mean, I, I. Of course, the vegans roll their eyes because this is the common thing. And, right, it is. Uh, but I still laugh because. What's our pa- it, what it, our parents it, say? You know, that's why my mom was sneaking is, meat into my diet. Yes, my my <laughs> my. Uh, yes, I, I mean we hear this a lot, but it's not so long ago that I was eating meat and I was believing in the same things. Right. It's just five years ago, and as I said, I ate more meat than anyone else. And um, who am I to now judge people that are? in the same position as I was right. just a few years ago. Yeah, right. And yeah. I, I want to build a bridge. I try to explain. And of course, sometimes I'm, I'm laughing. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not really judging. And I, I think it also 
it's related to the question you asked before is like how do we encourage people to I don't want to even say a, a vegan lifestyle but a more sustainable mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. kind right. of eating is I I've never seen a person who has been shamed into into becoming a vegan or shamed into doing anything you know if I'm just uh, yelling at people and preaching from you know top down it has never convinced me so I don't think right. I can convince others either but if they see that you know I'm healthy I'm happy that the food that I'm eating is amazing. Um, that does convince a lot of people. Right. That's my experience. So tell us uh -huh. a little bit, without giving away trade secrets or anything, mm -hmm. but tell us a little bit more about how, you know, you told me a little bit about how cheeses, you've tried to make it more palatable, but like with meat, mm -hmm. how do you make it look to people who are flexitarian, mm -hmm. <laughs> triatarian, right. um, you know, like something that they would eat in place of meat? Mm -hmm. um, like what are some of the ways that you do that, you know, like, cause I, like I said, it's the pictures are Instagrammable, mm -hmm. like they're nice. So I don't always see them that look like that. So what makes you kind of different or that, you know, what you, what have you done that has made it more palatable? <laughs> well, the pictures don't show all the tears. That <laughs> right? <laughs> all the stuff that went into the trash. <laughs> uh, you know, you start experimenting and then I call it the test kitchen. That's basically my kitchen at home and you have a small batch and you want to get to a certain point. You want it to taste and to look like, let's say, pulled pork or okay. like, like, a, like a burger patty. And then you start experimenting. Obviously, everyone looks online first, you know, to find out. You know, Especially how, nowadays. Yeah, yes, right. in yeah. nowadays. And then you've found a recipe that you like and, well, then sometimes it tastes great but it doesn't look right so you have right. to bring it both together and then uh, you think you're successful <laughs> and it the product is what you were planning uh, uh, it should be uh, but then you find out it took you five days for one piece of meat and then you go back and like okay nobody's gonna pay fifty dollars for that right, right. so now let's go back to the drawing board and that's what we do a lot is trial and error right and yeah. when we process. work uh, in our commissary kitchen there's a lot of other people too and watching us and they don't call us chefs they call us mad scientists and that's a lot <laughs> of what we do we have different okay. batches and we have them labeled and with different kind of mixtures of ingredients and uh, ways to cook it so to be a little more concrete uh, uh, to answer your question there there are different ways to do it we, we normally start with some kind of a protein let's say in this case it's a wheat protein uh, and then you add uh, water and spices and if you want to have it like very soft you can add tofu to it and then it depends on how you your process is later on so do you do you process it for a long time then the protein really starts to bond and you get a very like firm and rubbery texture and sometimes you want that if you pull it later on that's exactly what you want but in other cases you don't and uh, and then the next step is like how do you cook it like you can put it in the oven you can simmer it you can steam, steam it and then later on how do you process it afterwards do you marinate it do you <laughs> slice it yeah, and right. all of this there's just so many moving parts in there so there's not one answer. It's I mean, just a, 
di a lot of different ways and you experiment and at some point hopefully you find your way. Mm -hmm. I definitely get mm -hmm. the tears part because mm -hmm. like that happens with everything like yep. you know pastry like mm -hmm. oh yeah it's like a perfect science and then you try to make something new and it's like that bread's not gonna happen that cookie's not yep. gonna happen. Right. Or you try to mass produce and it's yeah <laughs> it's just oh, totally different story. Thing you have yeah. to, to throw away yep. 30 pounds of food <laughs> yeah, and right. who likes to throw away yeah. food? But like a terrible person. <laughs> yes but it's you know if it's really not edible and mm -hmm. even your your family at some point says like stop bringing me your your right. failed attempts and you can make it work but they rather want to have their good uh, instagrammable yeah. uh, meat as well yeah so mm -hmm. speaking mm -hmm. of family mm -hmm. and friends mm -hmm. how do you handle family members and friends you because know, uh, i think that's a challenge yeah. well i'm lucky to the extent that my husband is vegan as well so okay. uh, on this level so your immediate the, family it's good the yeah. immediate family is uh, is good we love cooking and love to experiment together um the the rest of the family is not. They're all very curious. And okay, that's good. At least they're curious. Especially right. the young, you know, my, my nieces and my nephews, mm -hmm. and they all they all vegan curious. Yeah, um, another word here. Vegan <laughs> curious, I like that too. And, I'm you know, bi curious. The He's vegan. Exactly. <laughs> they're vegan curious. <laughs> <laughs> There's gonna be a category. <laughs> category. <laughs> so that's actually easy, and they're. They're looking more like what they actually eat and yeah. how healthy it's, it but is. But how about the older the, ones, the though? The older generation. Um, Do they think that you're a crazy hippie? Yeah. <laughs> I right? mean, let's just be honest. Like, we, in the beginning, I'm sure they did. Yeah. Now they see that yeah, you know, it it's not just me or, or Alicia and me that have this crazy idea that there's actually consumers in a market out there that, you know, it seems like we're selling this stuff that they don't understand what it right. is. And now they realize, okay, maybe it's time has changed. So right. we're not quite as crazy mm -hmm. uh, as it seems like maybe time is a little more cr crazy now and we're yeah. just part of it. Um, and they don't always understand everything, of course. I mean, my, my in-laws sometimes like, oh, you're vegan, you but you still eat fish, right? <laughs> you're and like, no, that's, that's a pescatarian. Yeah. That's yeah. a pescatarian. <laughs> right. But, you know, I like laughing. And sometimes yeah. you just have to, to, to I, I don't take things so seriously. Yeah. 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 How about you, Alicia? How do, how do you deal with that? Because you talked about coworkers, you yeah. know, because, yeah. I mean, for us, <laughs> that would be really difficult, I yeah. think. I, I have right? a very mixed family. I have um, kids that have been varying degrees of vegetarian and vegan. My husband is an omnivore, but uh, he's a smart man. He eats whatever I put on the plate at night and loves it. <laughs> um, he actually asks for our pulled pork and our ribs. He loves it. He's my taste tester, so I know. You know if it's good to him yes, that right. it that is close I to can, me. Exactly. Like it's and a great meat alternative. If we can get friends and family to taste and try our food, if they're open to at least trying it, nine times out of ten, they're really surprised and really excited and want to try more and go back for seconds. Um, you know, there's always that, that small percentage, the extreme, the other side, the extreme that won't touch it, won't look at it. It's weird, you right. know, and that's somebody that you probably won't ever, you know, turn. They're just not open to it. And it is and what it is. Fine. It is what it is. Right. Actually, I, wait, the what? word is veggie curious. Okay. Veggie okay. curious. Yeah. Okay. Veggie curious. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's my husband. All these words. Yeah, I feel like my husband's veggie curious. Yeah, because he's one of those people who comes from a German background as you. It's a uh -huh. more German American background, and he grew up with meat and potatoes, which sounds like your lifestyle used to be. Yeah, I, it was is a very brat 
lifestyle. Like if if, if I brought this stuff <laughs> so, to Wisconsin, so, so where he's from, they would think that we were just again. Hippies. So what you're Crazy. saying is that your relationship is veg curious now. So yeah. once in a while, it's not just you two. You bring in a vegetable, <laughs> right? Like a, like a parsnip uh, every now and then. <laughs> so hot. Here, honey. <laughs> See, vegetables can be really They're sexy. sexy. Yeah. That's what Jose and Driz. <laughs> so, so Louie and I know each other from working at Bizarre Meat, which is like the complete opposite of what, what we're talking about today. But um, but our jefe, as we call them, yeah. even I don't work for Jose and Driz anymore, but I still call him my jefe because yeah. he's just one yeah. of those people that stays with you forever. Um, but he, he, that's one of the things that he says, which is pretty hilarious to me. He says, veggies are sexy. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you say it like that. Yeah, he does. Yeah, shameless plug. He actually came out with a, a cookbook recently. It's called Very Veg recently, in the last month, I want to say. Vegetables Unleashed. Yes, and yeah. also he, um, I don't know if it's the first ever, but it's the first that I know of, a fast casual restaurant, Beefsteak, yeah. that started out of Georgetown, Washington, D.C. area, where you're also from, Sebastian. Um, he has like a, I hate saying it, but Chipotle <laughs> of vegetables, right, right, right. beefsteak. So um, he's also a flexitarian because <laughs> clearly he sells meat and eats meat. He's he sells Spanish, meat. Yeah. but he is also very much pro vegetables and yeah. like, what can we do to save the environment, mm -hmm. be better to animals, uh, be healthier. So, I yeah. mean, if you can, if you can, you know, talk to a guy like Jose Andres, who, you know, is very famous for bringing amazing meat to America, the, right. the best jamon in the world, into thinking veggies are sexy, then I think that you have a case for like all chefs yeah. across the world. We'd be meeting him if he would love to, you know, we'll yeah. feed him, we'll feed yeah. him our food. He would, I, I wouldn't I would be surprised if he was interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm calling all my other chefs too that wanna come here. You know, like the community, the local community. That you know what's interesting, and I'll tell you this, another interesting thing about Bizarre Meat is that um, our ex-executive chef, we seem to bring up every podcast. Chef David, I'm sorry. <laughs> David, we're always talking about you. Your ears are ringing all the time. Right. He went through a very large period where he was vegan for his health. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because he was literally the executive chef of Bizarre Meat. Yep. <laughs> and we were like, how, how do you? And we had another sous chef who was also a vegan, mm -hmm. Candace. Candace. Um, and they they taste meat, so it is possible for chefs to, you know, full chefs that do not just vegan food, mm -hmm. to be vegetarians or vegans. What they do is that they test the meat when yeah. they need to. So they would come in if like, you know, a reserve, you know, Wagyu comes in, they would taste it. Mm -hmm. So they're not like, oh my God, I never, never. Right. But in their personal lifestyle, even at family meal, yeah. they Lunch only ate the vegetables. Right. Yeah. So, and it was um, for David, what I understand is the main reason was because he wanted to be healthier because he ate so much meat. Of course, it, like you're eating so many vegetables to try to make them, you know, taste amazing and, and have a great product. That's what they were doing. They mm -hmm. were trying to create this meat restaurant that no one had ever had before. And he ate like his body weight in meat is what he told me. Wow. Like, oh it's just God. like meat, 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 steak, yeah. steak, steak. And he was just like, I feel like crap. I don't want to like do this anymore. And became a vegan over that, which is yeah. kind of funny. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's the opposite. It's yeah. like, I ate so much meat that I couldn't eat it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for some people, veganism is a big change if they work in the food industry. Right. I mean, we have a lot of people that contact us and they want to work for us. They are like servers or chefs or uh, 
Yep. They worked in restaurants and they, now they're vegan and right. now they feel uncomfortable with this. They they rather want to work for a vegan place. So we have quite a lot of people I can knocking definitely at see our that. door right mm-hmm. now and yeah. we're very grateful for this. Uh, yeah. I'd like to have I right now we're fully vegan and maybe we can stay that way. Mm-hmm. That would be nice also for the community because you know, you want to talk to someone who's actually a vegan as well and There's can sometimes some trust advice. issues. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Goes back totally. to the politics of yeah. it. Like right. Um, well, this was amazing. I'm really excited about it. I want to do more topics about veganism. Uh, We're going to switch gears to what we call on the fly. Yeah. So what that is, is a 60-second question answer really fast. So whatever first comes to your mind. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it with Sebastian, and then you're going to do it with Alicia, okay? Okay. So I'm going to start the timer right now. Ready? Go. Sebastian, what did you eat last night? Uh, Pasta, most likely. Always at home in your fridge. What's, in, what's, what's my... always at home in your fridge? Um, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> bread. Bre- yeah, if it. I shouldn't answer. I, won't, I shouldn't put it in the. <laughs> yes, but there's bread in my kitchen all the time. I'm like a bread addict. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cat or dog person? I think I know the answer. Dog. Mm. Hobby outside of work. I love hiking. Favorite food city. New York. Mm-hmm. What's your worst vegan lifestyle question? For naysayers. Now I, can, now I can't say that. Where do you get your protein? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no. Oh, my God, no. Okay. A death row meal. Pasta. Most inspiring chef, dead or alive? Ooh. Um, Doesn't have to be vegan if you don't want. <laughs> Time is up. Oh. I don't have to answer that anymore. <laughs> answer it, damn it. <laughs> I mean, who are some chefs that inspire you? Of course, Justin from... Uh, oh, uh, Justin from Franco, who we just had of on. Of course. Oh. Uh, thanks, Justin. Uh, do you have any celebrity chefs that you... That Not you... really. I, to be honest, I don't, I don't follow the scene That's so okay. much. That's huh? okay. It's just not for you. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it's nice to have uh, people that you like that are people that are next to you and that are local. That's awesome. Yeah. Your turn. Go All ahead. Right, Alicia, here we go. All right, I'm going to start the timer. Ready? Go. What did you eat last night? Uh, pasta fajol. Okay. What's always at home in your fridge? You know, I had a preview of these questions, and I still don't have <laughs> answers. <laughs> uh, probably almond milk. Okay. What's your favorite food city? I grew up in Chicago. My heart will always be in Chicago. Love mm. Chicago. What's your favorite hobby outside of work? Uh, not much time for hobbies lately, but I, I used to love to knit and crochet. Very relaxing. Lovely. Favorite local Vegas restaurant right now? Oh, oh, don't make me say that on the air. It's like picking your favorite child. <laughs> uh, go Vegan Cafe. Okay. Um, death Row Meal. Death Row Meal would have to be anything uh, Tal Ronan from Crossroads Kitchen in L.A. makes. Okay. Cat or dog person? Dog. Da da da, oh Louis. My God. <laughs> One more, go. Yeah. So, most inspiring chef, dead or alive? Alice Waters. Oh, gotcha! Yep. She got it in. <laughs> she got it. Are in. you from the Bay Area? I'm not. I okay. just have, have always admired everything that Me she did. Me too. You know, it was revolutionary. Yeah. Alice God, Waters. Amazing. Yeah. Right. One of the best chefs ever. <laughs> you don't hear about her as much now, but yep. she was also like, she's like one of the original farm to table yep. chefs who just really believed in like, let me grow these herbs, let me yep. grow these vegetables mm-hmm. and put them 
right in my kitchen. And it's long before it was cool and like trendy. Uh, Thank you so much, Sebastian Mueller and Alicia Gilarducci. Gilarducci, very close. (laughs) Um, This is awesome. Uh, We wish you so much luck on your new restaurant, No Butcher. Uh, We can't wait for it, honestly. Like, it's exciting to us. Uh, Louis, tell us how. We can all be reached. You can get us on Instagram at Two Sharp Chefs, on Facebook at Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone, and at our email, Two Sharp Chefs at gmail.com. And please give us story ideas. Chefs, we'd love to talk to you. Restaurants, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, complaints, concerns, anything you like, we tell it how it is here. Thank you so much. Two Sharp Chefs and a Microphone, signing out.